Got it. Let's go. Hogs and dogs between the hedges at noon. Top 10 matchup. We didn't see this coming in the preseason, but uh, we got a big-time game, and they're going to kick it off at noon. And uh, it's, it feels a little different than most noon kicks. But, Graham, quick thoughts before we get into some stats and plays. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, like you said, I don't think any of us expected this to be as big of a game as it is. But here we are. And, you know, I think in all the hype of this game, it's important to remember these two teams played a year ago. And Georgia with Dewan Mathis and Stetson Bennett uh, did not have a bad day. Yes. You, oh. There we go. Um, yeah, I mean, this is two top 10 defenses, uh, Georgia being the number one defense in the country on a ton of metrics, uh, yards per play, success rate, pass success rate, rush success rate. Um, and Arkansas has played a really tough schedule with Texas A&M and Texas um, and has played extremely well on defense. Um, I, I still think that the edge is with the dogs there. Let me pull up some stats here. And um, um, da, 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 da. switcher. Here's our um, here's our power five yards per play. And this is actually filtered out for power five teams, uh, so it's it's a good, really good metric. It's not counting Alabama, Birmingham, and stuff like that. Uh, Georgia's first at three point three, a full six tenths of a yard ahead of the second place team, and Arkansas's creeping in the top 10 at 4.1 yards per play allowed on defense. That is pretty stout. Anything around four is really, really good. Um, and let's see here, our pass defense against, this is again, again, this is against power five opponents, Georgia. Well, I, I think this is I, like one thing I would say that's interesting is just like the, the two games where Arkansas has given up the most points have been against group of five well they gave up 21 to texas but like rice put 17 on them you know georgia southern put 10 like the most competitive game they've played was against rice in week one that game i think was a one possession game with like nine ten minutes left to go in the fourth quarter so it's interesting you know like when you filter out I, i'm just I, I wonder what it would be like if we didn't just filter for p5 with them if it would make them look worse uh Possibly. I mean, I've looked at the numbers enough to know that they're pretty much on par with these, honestly. Um, and maybe if you get going, I can crank up the, the spreadsheet. But uh, looking at this past defense, it's, you know, Georgia is 24.2% success rate allowed on passing plays uh, and just 3.6 yards per play. Arkansas is literally right behind them with a negative EPA and 33% success rate allowed. And then we look at uh let's see um okay those are for some of these all right all right we're gonna go to some plays because that's what we're here for uh let's do it let's do it okay uh anything you want to do before we to before we head into these plays yeah I, I mean you know just quick recap i think this arkansas team is different than the one georgia saw last year but I do think it's important to remember something that Kirby pointed out earlier this week, and that's that Arkansas returns basically their entire team from last year. Uh, they have improved. They have developed. But, you know, last year, Trayvon Burks got loose deep on a straight bus by LeCount. And other than that, they weren't able to score despite all of the, the tomfoolery that went on with 
Georgia's offense in that game. Um, but yeah, let's get going. So here you've got AM last week versus Arkansas. Um, I, as much as there has been some good hype on the, um, oh, that's not the play. I don't think. Uh, this is AM AA. Is that clip 50? 10 seconds. Should be clip 50, yep. Okay, maybe the notes are off here a little bit. Um, I'm going to go back to this other doc. Bear with this, guys. Okay. Um, gotcha. All right, yeah, let's just go to the next play. Um, so, anyways, you see there, Arkansas rallies to the ball. They've got good, good defenders up front. Here we've got Texas. They had some success with 12 personnel uh, with the two tight end looks Texas did uh, blocking. And in general, if you look at Arkansas against the run, and even if you look at Georgia when they played Arkansas last year, it seems like teams have the most success kind of on the edges, uh, off tackle or even off the tight end. Um, so I think having Darnell Washington back for this game is big. Uh I think Georgia's best chance for sustained success in the run game is off the edges. And Bowers has proven to be a very good blocker. Um, but, you know, you you see there A&M coming off the left side. Williams, their left tackle, um, doing a pretty good job. Like, I, I think that this Arkansas front is really good in the middle, but you can have some success on the margins there. Uh, here you've got Hayden Henry, 27 linebacker. He's very, very good at shooting the gaps in the run game. And when he gets to the ball, he wraps up like, you know, I've, I've been impressed with him. He really pops off tape. He penetrates a lot. Um, he can also be taken advantage of though. Like here he misses his gap. The run fits not good. All of a sudden that's a long, what, 65, 70-yard touchdown run for Texas A&M uh, with Spiller. So, I mean, a guy like a Cook or a Zeus or a McIntosh or even Milton, you know, if you if you give them that kind of opening and you don't have a safety in the middle there, they're going to make you pay for it. Uh, in the passing game, I think their whole defense is, is designed around this right here. So, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about the drop eight defense that they ran last week, the three-man front. And if, if we go back to the play before, um, they rally to the ball really well. Like, they want you to check this ball down. They want to confuse the quarterback and get that ball out on the edge, and then everyone's going to come and try and tackle. And they do a good job of gang tackling, but I think that, you know, it, Texas and Texas A&M both started freshman quarterbacks. Uh, you know, Texas's quarterback was going – first start ever on the road. He ended up not playing the entire game. And then when Texas got the guy that's now starting for them in the game, they had some success. A&M, Zach Calzada was not even supposed to be the starter. Haynes King got hurt, looked very confused at times last week. Uh, I think that, you know, we'll get into a little bit more when we show some offensive plays for, for Georgia. But I, I think in general, like, if you're a young quarterback and you're not used to reading zones, 
you're going to have a hard time against these Barry Odom defenses. I mean, Dewan Mathis, we saw it last year with him too, right? So, um, yeah. Uh, so, Arkansas's rush, though, has been really good so far, and I think it's important to, to recognize that they, you know, bring a, guy, a bunch of guys who look like blitzers and then drop out into coverage. Um, and even with all those guys in coverage, there are players open on the sidelines. Like that's – in the run game, you want to work the edges. And in the pass game against these guys, you want to work the edges as well. Um, they also did struggle defending the backs in the pass game. That was one of the few things that – that AM did successfully. And Henry, again, Hayden Henry, 27. We talked about him. He's so he's very, very good against the run and defense. But if you get him matched up in the passing game, you can take advantage of him. Um sorry, I'm having a little hard time with my feed here. What do we got here? Uh here's that here's that uh, just that swing pass there that yeah, that, yeah, that he missed. Totally. So, you know, I think that that's something to look for, uh, especially with Kenny McIntosh and James Cook. Getting those guys involved in the pass game um, could be a big thing on Saturday for Georgia. And then if you want to play this. Yeah, so just more kind of screen action. And that's one thing that we've seen with this Georgia O-line a lot so far this year. And with Monken and Luke, they want to get these O-linemen downfield and blocking. Um, these plays right here, though, like this is what you got to do if they're going to play this heavy zone. You just got to take these short passes and you, you got to be okay with it, right? And if they're going to give you that type of cushion and room to play that alignment, you just got to be happy to take five, six, seven yards on first down and not try to force the big plays. They will give up some coverage busts from time to time deep, but just, you know, not, not forcing it into coverage is huge. Um, and, you know, here, if you look at, look at the open wide receiver downfield, um, they play that zone, but some, somehow, even though they're dropping eight guys, there's, a lot of plays that both Texas and A&M missed where guys are getting behind the safeties. I don't know why, I don't know what, you know, what's happening in the Arkansas defense, but um, they're definitely prone to some coverage busts. Nobody's really made them pay for it yet. So yeah, that right there though, like Arkansas hasn't played anybody who sees the field in 3d yet. These zones they're playing have big holes in them over the middle and they can be exploited. And I think that we're going to show you some Georgia plays here in a minute, but like JT Daniels is not going to be thrown off by, by these big cover three, cover two, drop eight, drop seven kind of zones. Um, and, you know, when Texas got uh, Casey Thompson in the game for Hudson card, he was able to see the field and start, start hitting these types of passes. So I think that, it's something to keep an eye on. Uh, and I, I'll, I'll be interested to see if, if they really do as much of those three-man rush, drop eight type alignments on Saturday, just because I think if they do, it may be death by a thousand paper cuts, but they're going to die a, a long, slow death doing that against Georgia. I think the athletes are just too good, and 
they'll be fine. Uh, and they'll find those kind of option routes. So let's talk about their offense a little bit. Uh, they run that classic Baylor stuff. The Kendall Bryles is their, you know, he's their OC. They have a running threat at quarterback. It freezes linebackers. It creates extra numbers in the run game. Uh, if you look, A&M did not set edges early at all against Arkansas. They gave up 17 of the 20 points that they gave up in this game on the first three drives. About half of Arkansas's total yardage on the game came on the first three drives. And a lot of it was these kind of shotgun sweep type actions, just getting gutted uh, over the middle. And you see A&M like over pursue a lot in this tape and get out of position right here. Yeah. Those guys both over pursue that. And then the cutback is there. Georgia's linebackers run really well, but they also play their assignments really well and play their lanes very well. So I don't, you know, like Arkansas isn't doing anything special here. It's just, there's, you know, there's unblocked guys not making a play. Um, after the first three drives, if we'll go to the next play, um, A&M got penetration up front a lot. I'm on AR here. There you go. Here's a, here's a, yeah, here's a... yeah, totally. So, you know, I think that, uh, you know, the interesting thing is, like, Arkansas thinking about how much they do with the center – Right here, you see what happens when the center doesn't doesn't get fit well. And, like, thinking about Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis, Devontae Wyatt, it's hard to imagine their center opening up holes on Georgia's defense. Um, Georgia's defensive line stuffed them up front last year, and they're, they're returning four of the five guys at offensive line. Those guys have developed, and they've put on weight, and they're a better team, and they're playing in a better – more cohesive manner, but I just think that what Georgia has up front is going to make it really hard for them to run some of this vanilla stuff that they've been gaining a lot of yards off of so far early this year. All right. Uh, yeah, this is that other that run stop here. And yeah, then here, and then here. this is them, you know, kind of running a little fullback trap, but you see missed tackles, missed tackles, like – I just don't think you can run that against Georgia. Maybe you hit it once for five or six yards, but there you see A&M again, like just missing on a run fit. Um, and, you know, I think they'll get Jefferson involved in the run game um, as well, but. Yeah, was, we've got some stats on here that, you know, they, they rushed the ball, you know, almost 60, 60, 40. Um, and they've, they're having good success on it, but you know, Georgia's the number one run stopping team in the country. And I just don't see, uh, that defense being able to be gashed. Like you said, with these missed tackles and, and giving up cheap yards and that, I just yeah. think they're, they're going to force KJ to beat him with an arm at some point. And I just, I just don't know if they can. Score right. Points. And that play right there, like number 16 for Texas, if that's, if that's a guy on Georgia's defense or 18 right here. Like he makes that tackle or yeah. number five makes that tackle. You know what I mean? But it's just like these Arkansas is thriving off of teams, not setting edges. And here's Jefferson, you know, they run these quarterback draw quarterback kind of keeper and zone zone read type stuff where he keeps the ball. And 
that's a it's a threat it's a challenge but i think that you know georgia's equipped to do it but the, the like if we'll go to that play that you're about to show right there the quarterback run threat had a&m's defenders peeking into the backfield and zone coverage and it caused them to leave these massive openings and you know like georgia i i think they're more disciplined in that just because i think the secondary knows their D line is so good that they can play their man and, and not worry about too much else. And, uh, you know, he, I, to, to, to not just to speak highly of how this play is me, he found the one-on-one with Burks and, and made the play and just well, smoked up. I mean, that I was, hear you, but I don't know that that's a one-on-one against Georgia. No, is, no is I, what, I think like Georgia's going to probably have Chris Smith and Lewis seen back there most of the day. And they're going to be able to stop the run with their front four and Nakobe and Quay and Channing Tyndall in the middle at inside linebacker. Um, Jefferson is not super accurate coming across the middle with those kind of timing routes and slants and stuff like that. Uh, they do, you know, like they'll. they'll yeah, here's one that you, here's one that you made a note of is just his decision making and how. You know, this is going to be a yeah. even, even quicker for Georgia. Well, that and also, I mean, if you go back to that play, like he's got a wide open guy for a seven yard gain at the bottom of the screen right there. And he'll, he pump fakes it and thinks about it instead of just throwing the ball. You know what I mean? So he's a young quarterback. He's got a ton of physical talent and he's got a huge arm. I think if Georgia lets Arkansas get behind, you know, if they let Traylon Burks get behind them, they're in trouble. But I mean, speaking on Burks, like he—he's their entire passing game. Yeah. I mean, against Texas, they threw for 138 yards, and Jefferson was 14 and 19. But like a lot of what they're going to do is those kind of swing pass stuff that we were showing there. They want to get the ball out on the perimeter. They want to use the running back, um, Traylon Smith, like, and he's a good back. But I just don't know if you can do that against Georgia I think we've seen teams try to do similar things like that against Georgia so far this year and it hasn't worked super well for them yeah you were talking about number uh, 27 Hayden Hayden Henry here's his some PFF stuff from him you know you can see his he's a key leader in that defense but he's not grading out too well if we you know on this PFF stuff with even just a really poor tackle grade for a linebacker yeah. Um, and, and you can see he's playing a lot of snaps and coverage too, 100, 102 snaps. Um, and then everybody's favorite name in the SEC bumper pools down there. <laughs> uh, he's, you know, they're playing well on defense, but I think they're they're exceeding their talent level, if I may say that. They are, they are, and that's and that's credit to good coaching, right? Um, but you know, I think that that. That, that talent discrepancy is probably going to become clear at some point on Saturday, um, especially as the game wears on and Georgia keeps throwing waves of fresh four- and five-star D linemen out there and Arkansas continues to, to have to do do their best with the same guys, the yeah. same 22. It, Arkansas is you know, having just one guy above 70 in, in defensive grades in the secondary um and it's not a lot of havoc out of the secondary with just a you know we've got some interceptions in there and pass breakups but 
you know, it's it's not real deep. And uh, I think if we're going to talk about some Georgia offense, you, you start with that secondary on the sec- of and where where we can possibly attack it, especially with considering our offensive line is not click, clipping just yet on the run blocking. So I think we're gonna we're we're gonna pass the ball, and, and at least that's what I think. No, I agree with you. Um, let's talk about Georgia's offense. So I think they'll win this game for a few reasons. Offense first. Georgia's got plenty of zone beaters in their playbook, and JT Daniels excels on these. So we've talked about it on this show since since Mocking took over. It's an option route based offense. The wide receivers go and find holes. Uh, UGA kills it on these option routes where quarterbacks and wide receivers read the defense and they find space. Here you've got that type of play against a you know a seven man secondary. For uh, South Carolina, you're going to see more right here, just simple. And those are the types of plays we're talking about earlier. Like Arkansas is going to give that up all day, and they want to force this stuff underneath. But, A, Georgia's guys can do some stuff after the catch. B, uh, I think Georgia will be happy to take six- and seven-yard completions over and over and over and force Arkansas into man-to-man coverage to, to try and stop that. Um, yeah, we this last week from Vandy, you'll see the reverse angle here, but it's just Kyrus reading the linebacker and turning outside away from him and sitting down, you know. And yeah, you were pointing out some of those those holes in those zones against Texas and Texas AM. Yeah, I mean, I think those guys, Kyrus, can eat that up. Yeah, I think Kyrus, especially, you know, I that was his bread and butter last year. We saw him do that a lot. And also Arkansas is soft. They play soft out on the, the edges here. Uh, and those, those DBs are going to give Georgia a lot of cushion. That's George Pickens from last year, but Georgia has plenty of guys on their, on their roster that could run a short comeback route and get hit. And then I think that Georgia will try to do some stuff in the screen game. Um, and, you know, I, like, I think eventually you're going to see, Georgia's gonna gonna maybe stack a few guys over to one side, and Arkansas is gonna be in a zone. And then you throw a swing pass like that, you've got a numbers advantage in the blocking game. Um, so they also give up a lot outside the hashes in the run game, like we talked about. Um, and you know, screens and swing passes on the outside, and then sweeps with lead blockers out on the edge. Again, having Darnell back in this game is huge, and I think that we're going to see more of – we've seen this kind of once or twice a game, but I think we might see it six to eight times on Saturday, these types of zone plays with guys moving out in front. And, and those have been Georgia's most successful runs this year so far. Um, and then on – I'm sorry, go ahead and run this play yeah. one more time. Oh, yeah. Oh, and then I think that if, if Arkansas does have to switch to man – uh, Georgia can catch them leading just because those linebackers over pursue a lot. And, you know, uh, against the run, they're super aggressive and sometimes that's good, but it also leaves them susceptible to some misdirection type stuff. And then on defense, I just don't think Arkansas can run these gash plays up the middle or outside. Um, yeah, I was looking at, I was looking at StatCat. I mean, they're almost exclusively inside and outside zone reads and zone, uh, zone runs. And I mean, it looks like the Georgia offense, you know, from 2018 and 2019, 
Right. Uh, and I think Georgia will be able to defend that pretty, pretty well. I don't think there's going to be any surprises there. And I just think uh, line versus line, I think Georgia is going to can definitely contain the rushing game for Arkansas. Yeah. And Georgia's DBs, I mean, there you've got a mere speed coming up, but Georgia's defensive backs do a really good job of coming up on those outside runs as well. Even when you take, you know, even when you're not having to deal with that nightmarish defensive line, you've got to deal with that some. But Georgia sets edges, man. I mean, that play right there, it's like Georgia is going to set the edge over and over and over. And if you look at that game, that 20-point output that Arkansas had last week, 14 of those points don't happen without those kind of explosive creases on the outside. So – then you have to run inside and then you meet Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis and the center for Arkansas. Um, I just think that, that Georgia is, is going to be able to, to do a lot with him um, and move him around quite a bit. If you, yes, yeah, Stromberg is the center Ricky Stromberg, number 51. His pass block grade is pretty decent, but he hasn't seen a pass rush like this and his run block grade is a, like a 58.4. Um, so it, it's going to be tough, man. And then, you know, you've got that last play Channing Tindall's backside pursuit is also, I think going to make things difficult when they try to run Jefferson, just cause I think he'll come off that back edge. And if he's hesitating or trying to find a hole, all of a sudden you've got Channing Tindall wrapped around your ankles. Um, I mean, yeah. you're talking. You're talking about the ways a player that they can come in for Georgia, and, and you're. I mean, Channing Tindall is. You know, we've been. You've been talking about him all season. You know, he's just. Uh, you know, a, you know, just earning playing time. He's a veteran. He's been there a long time, and yet he can come in and spell some of these guys and and absolutely produce on defense. Yeah, and I think if you're Georgia, I mean, to kind of get into this from a a pick prediction standpoint, like. The only way that Arkansas can win this game is if they hit some explosive plays downfield, right? And I think the only way that they can hit some explosive plays downfield is if they get Traylon Burks behind Georgia's defense on a consistent basis. And A, I think that's going to be hard because I think Traylon Burks is a better athlete than every DB he's going to face this year except for Ringo. I think that, you know, Ringo – and Kendrick can can do a good job on him. They may they may let him get deep once or so, but I think that Georgia can can stay with him um, for the most part. But we're used with Georgia under Kirby Smart to seeing a lot of this like man press coverage, and I think we'll see some of that. But it wouldn't shock me to see some more kind of cover two looks and just some safer type of looks because I think that. Like you said earlier, I mean, Arkansas runs the ball on 70% of downs. They're going to have to be productive in the run game to beat UGA. And I don't think they can do that, even if you leave your front four and your linebackers there. Like, I don't think Georgia has to bring help from the secondary to stop Arkansas in the run. And last week against AM, who has a good defense and has a pretty good defensive front, but like, you know, they, they ran for, I think, 3.9 or 4 yards a carry against A&M last week. So, it's not, you know, it's not that much. Like, it's not – they're not world beaters on offense by any means. No, 
Yeah, I'm showing the offensive metrics here for the two teams, and you know we talked about that's um, it's you know it's actually a more than it's 68 to 32 run pass ratio for the uh, for Arkansas, and that pass EPA is actually equal to Georgia. But if you think about the volume, uh, the higher volume that Georgia's throwing the ball, that's that's a significant difference in, in what they can do off you know with offensive uh, efficiency. Um, and yeah, 39% success rate passing the ball. I mean, that's, you know, that's about as close as one dimensional as you'll see in a, in a quality opponent, you know, a top 10 team shouldn't be this dependent on one facet of offense. And, uh, I think Georgia will be able to, you know, and certainly impose their will defensively against, and, and again, they're going to make, they're going to stop the run and they're going to make KJ Jefferson beat him with his arm. And I just don't, I just don't know. If he if he can, and if we, and we've got Tyke Smith coming back, and we've got Christopher Smith putting up, you know, with a couple interceptions already this year, Kelly Rink mm-hmm. has not given up a completion yet. So I I just think the dogs are going to roll. Yeah, I mean, when you look at Jefferson's game log, it's pretty obvious that Jefferson can either be efficient with his completion percentage, but not throw deep, or he can hit deep shots and not be efficient. Um, Again, Perks is a damn good wide receiver, but A, we don't know if he's 100%. And B, I think that Georgia can do some things in coverage to to really kind of hone in and focus on him. I just trust Georgia's secondary a lot more than I trust Arkansas's wide receivers and K.J. Jefferson. And that's just the reality of the situation. Arkansas is not going to gut Georgia up the middle. They're not going to let them run these shotgun sweeps and get – get out on the edge consistently. There's too many good linebackers and defensive linemen on this roster. Again, Strongberg, Stromberg, the the starter at center, uh, he's a good player. He's a scrappy player. He's, a, I think, a super senior or a covert senior. But he's not going to move around Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter and Devontae Wyatt. And Arkansas is also missing a couple of their, their starting offensive linemen. And if you look, you know – Arkansas couldn't block the version of Georgia's defensive line that we saw last year with these same guys. This version is light years better. Uh, Brady Latham, one of their guards, he can be taken advantage of. So can Ty Clary. Clary has a pass block grade of 21.2 on the season right now. (laughs) Um, And that's just not the situation you want to be in, facing the best defensive front in college football. And that's what Georgia is. So I I think that on offense, Georgia – they may struggle in times. I don't think that Georgia is going to be able to run up the middle consistently on Arkansas. Um, Van Pran is going to be up for a task because they've got some monsters on the defensive front. And I think you just flashed that graphic up there a second ago, but their tackles are good. And that is one place where they do go a little bit deeper. They have a good rotation of, of defensive linemen they they bring in. And and if you let them play that three-man rush and don't pay for it, it, it helps them keep those D linemen fresh. But I think that Georgia is going to, you know, get out on the edges in the pass game and in the run game and in the screen game. I think if Arkansas is going to sit in these zones, then Georgia is going to flood side of the field. And, you know, we've seen all these levels and flood concepts from Mocken ever since he came on board. And, this is what Georgia does already, you know, and if, if they're able to kind of exploit Arkansas enough to, to force them out of those zones and turn it into playing against man coverage on the outside, 
then I think it gets even uglier because Georgia's athletes are just better than Arkansas's athletes in the secondary. So I don't see a way Georgia doesn't win this game. Um, I think it's going to be a rough day for Arkansas on offense. Uh, I'm, I do, it wouldn't shock me if they create a turnover, um, you know, on the pass rush front, I don't think that Georgia is going to have too many problems. Uh, if they were able to, to hold up against that Clemson defensive line, I don't think that they have too many struggles with the Arkansas defensive line. Um, again, run blocking, I think, is going to be hit or miss at times, but I'm going to go 38-13, to 13, Georgia on top of Arkansas. That was my, that was my exact score. Let's go. Let's go. No, I mean, I feel the same way. I think, you know, if, if there is a, if, if there's a, a, a path to a Arkansas win, it is with Traylon Burks having a, a monster game. He is one, he is, if not the best wide receiver in the league, he's one of top three or four. He, you know, burned us last year on some plays uh, and, and burned most of the SEC. And if he and some, and if we can't get home and KJ can make some plays, you know, that's what it's going to take. Cause you said it, he's, he's their really their one big explosive threat, uh, you know, receiving the ball. Uh, and I just, that's how they're going to have to do it. I think Georgia's going to contain the run. I do think that, I think it's going to be possibly a, a lower scoring first half. You know, I think mm-hmm. that, you know, we're going to commit to the run and I think it's going to be, you know, pretty unsuccessful against that, but I think we're going to wear them down. We're going to get some plays. Uh, so, you know, some of the, like these screenplays, some short p- passes that we're going to, that they're going to force us into and, you know, maybe a field position game for the first half, but that second half when we start leaning on them and, and being able to open up some holes and, and, and I, I think in the second half, we're going to, we're going to have an explosion offense. So I think it'll be a, it'll be a kind of more, more of a boxing match uh, with, with two guys going at it um, in the first half. But I think Georgia's going to uh, just, you know, with depth and, um, and athleticism get get to him in the second half i agree man i do and you know i think that arkansas is a great story um you know they're a, a good team i don't think they're a great team and i think that georgia is a great team they're an elite team uh, i also think it's important to remember if you look at the 24 7 sports composite talent rankings of you know, what these rosters are made up of. And recruiting's not everything. And Sam Pittman is going to squeeze every ounce of talent out of every one of those guys and tip our caps to him for that. But Arkansas has got the 10th best roster in the SEC. You know, they're, by comparison, South Carolina has the 8th best roster in the SEC. Um, and, you know, I think that they are have been benefits, uh, benef- you know, beneficiaries of playing two teams without their their first line quarterbacks or without good options at quarterback um and you know credit to their defense and credit to their offense for for making plays and taking advantage of it i just i don't see it you know i think that jordan birch for south carolina or brzee uh and some of those guys on clemson murphy you know like i I think that some of those guys were were bigger challenges up front. Like I I thought that South Carolina played a pretty good football game on their front against Georgia and still lost by 27, you know? So was it, was it Nicobe Dean that came out with a quote this week that said the practices are harder than the games? It was Nolan. Yeah. Nolan Nolan Smith. Nolan Smith. Right. Yeah. And and that tells you right there, you know, like he's, you know, it's one of the, you can use another cliche, you know, iron sharpens iron. And, and I think, 
Georgia is prepared. Uh, and, it, you know, it's a different team. We talked about it in the Vandy recap. It's a different team with the talent that they're playing uh, with on their own team and against and practicing against. It's just, you know, there's no, there's very, very few surprises that they're going to face on a Saturday that's going to, uh, you know, they've, they've seen the best players all week and Saturday is just a chance to, ex, you know, execute and, and dominate really, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, 100%. I mean, like, I think, you know, it's easy to be like Georgia just played Vanderbilt last week and it's just Vanderbilt. And there's some truth to that. But the flip side is just like when you get an offense in rhythm, they generally tend to stay in rhythm or it helps them keep a rhythm. And, you know, Justin Robinson doesn't drop a eight yard pass on the sideline last Saturday. The ball never touches the ground for Georgia with JT Daniels in the game. Like, this this offense is just firing and everyone's seeing the same things right now. And in Arkansas is going to create some confusion and they'll create a challenge. And and it's definitely a, a good test for Georgia, but it's not it's not a huge test. You know what I'm saying? It's a it maybe it's a quiz, but it's not a final exam. I like it. All right. So we've got the Arkansas game covered. Um, please, you know, shout out your uh, your predictions in the uh, comments. Uh, tell us what you agree with. Tell us maybe some things you think we missed covering uh, Arkansas, Georgia. And with that, we're going to pivot into some some picks. Graham, do you yeah. have – Do I'm, I'm, we're showing our friend Alex from Odds Jam. Uh, do you have something for the crew tonight? Or I do, yeah. So, uh, you guys – we I use Odds Jam during the week to find the best lines out there and get the best value out of my money – when I bet, a bet is an investment. Uh, if there is plus 120 odds out there, then why would you bet plus 110, right? So Odds Jam is a place to go to find the lines that you want, to find alternate lines. Last week, Georgia was favored by 34 and a half versus Vanderbilt. I gave away a few extra points to turn that into a bet that was plus 125 instead of minus 110. Better return on my investment. Right. So go to Odds Jam. Um, it's 30% off for the first two months if you use the code Dog Sports Live on Odds Jam right now. And uh, yeah, it's not free, but it's also it's well worth the money because if you're if you're betting a hundred bucks a weekend or a couple hundred bucks a weekend or or a few thousand a game, no matter what you're doing, uh, the, the the ROI there is is very, very high. So go check out OddJam. They do a great job. Um, as far as picks for this week, do you have my little graphic up there? I will write a second. I was trying to put up our, our code there. Um, give me a second here. No worries. So I'll what the, the first one was this Virginia-Miami game tonight, which I did not realize that Miami was going to be down both – I thought they may be down to Eric King, but I thought Jake Garcia, the five-star true freshman who looked really good last week, was going to start. Apparently, he was not available tonight. I don't know what that means. Disciplinary issue, injury, not sure which. But uh, I took the over of 63 in UVA Miami. I think at halftime it was 16 to 10. So we're going to need some offensive explosion in the second half. Um, so not loving that. Uh, Iowa at Maryland. Iowa is number five in the country. Their defense is very good. Their offense is very bad. Um, eventually, you know, they're, they're going to have to play in a game where they don't get three or four turnovers and things don't swing their way. So I've got Maryland, money line, plus 140. 
Um, Arkansas UGA, I am taking Georgia in the points there. I think 18 and a half is, is doable. Um, Texas A&M at Mississippi State. I just don't think that Texas A&M can score points right now, right? I mean, they put up 10 on a Colorado team that that gave up 31 to Minnesota and then lost to Bowling Green the next week in a 14-point output. So give me Mississippi State plus seven. Um, Ole Miss-Bama, what do you think about that game, Josh? Well, I I think Alabama is a better team, obviously. Uh, and – as, as electrifying and as explosive as Ole Miss is on offense, they're still pretty questionable on defense. Um, and Alabama has not been as explosive as they have been the last couple of years, but they're still pretty efficient offensively. Um, they're over six yards a play, six and a half, six point six yards per play. And I just, I'm, I'm with that game at um, Bryant Denny. I, I, I'm thinking that Alabama's going to win. I, I don't know, fourteen and a half is a lot of points. I, I think fourteen's a if you could cross, you're talking about, you know, using odds jam tools and stuff and, and looking at your value for, you know, maybe buying that down under under 14 and getting 13 and a half. So I, I think it's going to be right there on that number. But if if you give me $25 on a free bet, I'm going to take Alabama. Yeah. So I'm on Ole Miss plus 14 and a half. I like the hook. The hook yeah, definitely that's, helps. That's, 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 I'm right there with you on that hook. I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm just, I, I would definitely take it at 13 and a half Alabama, but that, that half point might might be the difference maker. Yeah, it might be. And I mean, you know, um, on, on Texas A&M Mississippi State, our friend Parker at, at Stats of War, um, who does a great job, you know, he put out his advanced stat preview this week and he's got Mississippi State with a win probability of 56%. So, you know, I think wow. getting, a, getting a touchdown there and at home, I like that scenario a lot. Uh, I've got Syracuse plus four and a half at Florida State. Florida State keeps getting favored every week. They still haven't won a game until they do. I'm sorry. I just – I don't buy it. Syracuse uh, play, played a Liberty team that was probably more – it's probably more dynamic offensively than, than Florida State is and played a defense well enough, good enough to get a win there. Uh, I like that pick a lot. Going back to – I love the Maryland Moneyline pick a lot. <laughs> Nice. Uh, I, I really do. Uh, my numbers like it too. I think Iowa is overrated. Iowa is just one of these teams that, frankly, kind of looks like a Georgia team from a few years back. That's really, they really good. On, they're really, really good on defense, but they just sometimes they're just not going to score enough points. Uh, the the youngest Tagovailoa is like I don't know top ten in the country in, in passing offense. So uh, I like yeah, that pick a lot. One thing that surprised me a lot is that uh, you know, looking at Parker's uh, stat preview of that game he's got maryland with a 73 percent win probability so yeah yeah i was i was i was beating up on kelly ford today i don't know if you remember we were talking in the preseason about the uh win total of five and a half for maryland uh, uh and so yeah it's it's he's, he's got it jacked up to six over six wins now they've got a tough schedule coming in they've, they've definitely a backloaded schedule so this iowa game will definitely see how much they've improved third year under Mike Loxley and second year under the, un, under Tuella. I can't say his name. Talia. Uh, Talia. It's Talia. Um, and I, I, I think they can, they can get this win and it's at home. I like that. I do too. Yeah. So, I mean, that's going to be an interesting one to watch. Um, I have uh, Indiana at Penn state. I've got, I took the minus 12 and a half with Penn state. I think the Penn state is, is good. I think the Indiana 
is still kind of living off of their magical season last year. That really was a product of a lot of turnover luck, and they they won a lot of games where they were they were outgained pretty significantly. Um, and you know, I just I I think Penn State is a a good football team. Um, Western Kentucky at Michigan State. I got the over sixty three and a half there. Um, yeah, two two good offenses. Michigan State. It's kind of crazy betting Michigan State overs. Uh, just going, you know, thinking back to the like old era of Michigan State, but Mel Tucker has them playing explosive football. Fresno State minus eleven at Hawaii. I don't think Hawaii's good. I really like Jake Hayner. Uh, I like Fresno's offense. It's one of those that I'm gonna take the plunge on and hope that the body clocks don't don't screw me on the on the total or on the final score there. Um, BC at Clemson. So that's one that spread stinks, man. Like there, <laughs> I know that Clemson, I know that the public perception is what technically sets a point spread in a lot of ways, but I can't believe they're giving 14 and a half to BC. I know it's at home, but um, again, man, just from a, a metrics and analytics standpoint, it feels a lot more like a coin flip than a two touchdown Clemson win. Uh, you one that you don't have on here that I like a lot is uh, Moneyline Charlotte playing Illinois. Uh, I do like that actually a lot. I haven't bet it, but maybe I will. You're getting it's it, the spread's like eleven, so you're going to get really good value uh, on that money line. And Charlotte's played some Power Five teams tough, and Illinois is, is after the week zero in Nebraska has been pretty pretty mediocre to bad so i like i like uh i like the money line charlotte victory in that one nice and finally i've got ohio state minus 15 at Rutgers. um i think Rutgers has a pretty good defense and that's kept them in a lot of games but uh i just don't think they'll be able to score with ohio state i think ohio state's got too much talent so give me the 15 am i adjusted yards uh head to head on that that's my biggest uh in favor of Ohio State, it's going to be projected possibly greater than two yards per play in favor of Ohio State, and that's plenty enough yardage to cover uh, fourteen or fifteen points. I know you when you sent me that chart today, I'd already placed that bet, and I was like, "Oh, nice!" So that's I, the week five bets. All right, uh, as I don't know if you said it, but I'll say it for you: ten and four last week, twenty-eight and eighteen and one on the season. Sixty percent uh, winners, baby. Yeah, that's pretty stout, dude. I think uh, I think you can you can take take some of your uh, your play money there and, and drop it on some of these picks because Graham's getting you paid. Be sure to check out oddsjam.com if you want to look at some of those bets uh, or some more bets. They've got some uh, some amazing tools there, and and if you uh, want to subscribe, Dog Sports Live will get you a discount, thirty percent off first two months. It's a screaming deal, thirty percent off. That's that's uh. There it is, oddsjam.com. Follow him on Twitter at oddsjam. He is uh, Graham Coffee at Dog Out West. I am Josh Hancher at, at dog, uh, dog underscore stats on Twitter. Please read our stuff and all our friends at dogsports.com. And uh, we're excited for the game. We're going to have a breakdown afterwards. And, um, you know, it's a noon game, so we're, we're efforting a, a quick turnaround on that. But we're not going to – it's going to be an exciting game. might be their best game to break down since the Clemson game. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to it, man.
And uh, anything else before we get out of here? Uh, go dogs. And Good. follow and subscribe to Dogs. Oh, yeah. Live on every platform possible. Yeah, absolutely. We, uh, um, I've got some, some, I'm calling them Christopher, Christopher Smith sticker packs. It's got an FTMF full-size bumper sticker. It's got some small stickers for your Yeti. It's got a Christopher Smith uh, 10-3 Clemson commemorative sticker. Uh, if you want to leave us a review or uh, subscribe to us on YouTube, DM us at dog sports, li- dog sports underscore live, uh, and we will pick a winner on that Arkansas recap, and we'll send you uh, a bunch of stickers and swag. We got FTMF hats in stock at uh, dogstats.com. So we're having fun. So let's, and we appreciate you guys taking these stickers and putting them on Twitter and putting them on your coffee cups and all that stuff. So with that. It's not a sticker. It's a lifestyle. Remember that, folks. Exactly. It's a movement. All right. Go dogs. Go dogs.